Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We can always find mercy and we can find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Lord, that our need is great, but your uh, mercy is greater and your love is greater. So we thank you, Lord, for great mercy, great grace, great opportunity. Everything that we need, Father, is provided in you. So we love you and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. We don't have a camera going today or what's the deal? Oh, just on Sunday. Like I said, uh, I don't belong to this church. I am the guest speaker. And uh, I just want to know the rules of the road. Okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, what do I know? I just work here. <clears throat> I just show up. Praise God. All right. Amen. So uh, today, um, the Lord told me to, to talk to you about the fact that your blessing always includes someone else. Amen. Your blessing always includes someone else. <clears throat> when we think about being blessed, um, it's never just you. Amen. It's never just you. Um, and you have to understand why that is. Um, the blessings of God really are too much for one person. got me because it comes out of a place called glory and that 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 place that word glory really means weightiness heaviness abundance of all things it implies an overflow of goodness and extravagance um, not wastefulness but extravagance amen um, <clears throat> The difference is this. Uh, wastefulness comes from a, a different realm. Uh, it comes from the earth realm in the, the realm of the carnal man, the realm of the flesh. So if a person is laboring under lack, if they're given abundance, they have a tendency to waste it because of uh not being able to manage it in the flesh. Your flesh will never be able to adequately manage the things that God has for you. The flesh will never be able to um, hear from God in, in the way of stewardship and things of that nature so that the intent of God in providing the abundance can be established. So this is part of what God wants to do in when he blesses us and he has somebody else in mind when he blesses you, it is uh, to stay away from, so, so that your flesh doesn't get a chance to manage it. Your, your spirit man will manage everything and manage it adequately, and there will be an extravagant display of the goodness of God, but it will be abundant and there won't be waste in there. Because God will then help you to manage, if you stay with God, stay with the one that gave you the goodies. If you stay with him, he will train you and teach you in how to manage resources, extravagant resources that come from him. And that allow us to step into that that glory realm 
where there there is the the more than abundant overflow of provision in all things uh, provided uh, in abundance. And so once you get into that realm, then God can help you and teach you how to not just be blessed, but also to be a blessing. Amen. This is what he told Abraham in Genesis 12 too. He never told Abraham he was going to make him rich just to make him rich. Uh, there was a plan there. And the, the riches were part of the resources to carry out the plan. And you need to know that. Uh, because <clears throat> many times in our Christian teachings and learnings, we're learning about wealth and riches and, and we don't learn anything about stewardship and how to manage what it is that God, or why God gives us what he gives us. Uh, many of the millionaire ministers we see um, have accumulated that wealth because there's some demand on their ministry to distribute. And my thing is, you know, you don't ever want to just claim wealth for the sake of having it because there's, there's a distribution issue where you got to be faithful with all of that. I would hate to think that on the day where, where God, you know, reckons and, and uh, rewards those people who are served that, that they be called into account because they had um, access to great wealth but didn't distribute it properly. You got me? Like God will say stuff like there's some people in so-and-so crying out for bread and you never even paid attention enough to, you know, you were on your next airplane, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with it if that's where God, but you've got to be a good manager. You know, you've got to be a good steward and a good manager of what God puts in your hands so that his plan can be fulfilled in the earth. All of this falls in line with a plan that God has for man. It's not, your plan should never be uh, just what's inside my four walls and my little household. And once we get enough, we're satisfied, shut the door. It should never be about that. Uh, We should have more of a vision for others, more of a vision for uh, the things that that God is, is so concerned about. In other people, and uh, so if if we can stay focused in that way, uh, then we can understand the blessing principle. We can understand our position in it, and we can understand what God's into in the blessing principle. So in in uh, Genesis 12 verse 2, uh, verse 1, God talks to Abram before he cut the covenant with him. He says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country from your kindred, from your father's house, into a land that I will show you. So what God does is he disconnects us from fleshly temptations to live the old life. With the nation of Israel, you saw uh, that uh, they went across the Red Sea and it closed up behind them. So they were disconnected from the thing that fed their flesh, their fears, uh, their uh, delights, all of those things. Um, They lived right alongside a pagan people. And that's tempting. It's just like when you channel surf and they've got profanity. I mean, they got profanity on everything now. I mean, you, you used to be safe to go and watch them cook food all day and you'd be tempted to eat. 
You're going to get it one way or the other. You know, the temptation is coming, but we felt that was a safe place to hide. Uh, you know, they'll cuss in a minute on anything anymore. So uh, there's no real safe havens for Christians, and that's the way it was in Egypt for the Israelite. There was no place where they could be shielded from the Egyptians and them uh, burning incense to foreign gods and all that kind of stuff. Their worship, their magic, their enchantments. You know, if you you wanted something done, you wanted an answer to a need, you could just easily go to a magician as you could go and take a sacrifice and make your prayer to God. And so there's temptation everywhere. But God had, had brought Abraham out of that and made him depend solely upon him. So when you have to depend solely on God, then your chances of being successful are better. Amen? Because you don't have all those external uh, temptations. I remember when I I first uh, got sick from nervous breakdown. I wasn't saved then. I was saved shortly after that. But I remember all of my friends that worked in hospitals and stuff never returned my calls, quit calling me, all my buddies that I used to know and so forth and so on. Nobody ever got in touch with me. And I thank God for that now. I didn't understand it then, but I understand now God was doing this same thing in my life, separating me out from everybody that would be a hindrance to my forward progress. He says, and I will make of you a great nation. In other words, you cool now, Abraham, but I'm going to make you great, man. So whatever you had planned for you before you met the Lord, he's going to outdo that. He's never going to be in competition again with the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's going to outdo whatever you thought you could get that was good in the world. He's going to make better on that. So he's going to make it great. And he says, I'll make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And didn't he do it? Amen. And you shall be a blessing. In other words, this is going to be a different kind of a kingdom, Abraham, where you are blessed and you're not a king or a lord or somebody that causes people to bow down to you, but you're going to be a blessing. See, that's a whole different concept of greatness. Because I would would hesitate to think that many people who are sitting under the greatness teachings that we hear in the body of Christ, when they say that word great, it immediately registers in the flesh. It never registers in the spirit. See, when God tells you something like that, you need to take it home and say, God, tell me what you mean by great. You understand what I'm saying? Just like you tell me what you need, mean by prospering me, what you mean by ministry, what you mean by whatever it is you got me involved. Tell me what you mean when you say that. Because there's a carnal interpretation and there's a spiritual interpretation of everything. And so when he tells Abraham he's going to make of him a great nation. He's going, he's going to, God's going to do this. You don't have to do anything, Abraham. Just believe. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep walking one foot in front of the other one. And I will accomplish what I intend to accomplish in your life. Many people are great, think they're great on earth, and they're real small in heaven and kingdom things. 
you think of the potential of of some of the people that that we know as preachers, you know, some of the great ones, some of the ones that we buy all their tapes and books and every they're very popular. You think of the fact that there is much more potential in these people than we ever see. Most people don't work meet up to their potential. You know what I'm saying, most of it. And and to see what we could do if everybody under that the voice of God and with his spirit could pick up what God means by great and let that work out of you and use it to bless humanity. Think what would happen in this world if we could all just go within and say, God, that word great in the Bible kind of registers with me. Show me what you mean when you say that. I think I do have potential for greatness on the inside of me. Show me what you mean by that. And I guarantee you he's not going to show you a Mercedes. He's not going to show you a plane with your name on it. He's not going to look at President Trump. He had all that stuff. And he cashed it in to be abused, threatened every day. Huh? So that's what greatness is. It's following the leading of God and following what God has ordained for you to do. That's true greatness. And he talks about it. People say, well, he's doing it for money. He laughed that off so long. He said, I told my kids, take it. Run with it. Have your fun. I had my day. Amen. That man's 72 years old. You think he's going really upset about money at this point? If he is, he's a little crazy. But you understand what I'm saying. There's always more potential in us as human beings if we'll let God bring it out of us than we can ever know. And see, many times we, we listen to the voice of doubt and the voice of criticism and condemnation, allow people to put us down and all of these things, and we, we receive it and accept it. Why? Because we don't spend enough time inside with God trying to examine the treasure that he has placed within us as earthen vessels. Amen. So don't ever sell yourself short. Don't sell God short. There's much more to us than we will ever know. Amen. Than we ever know. And try to live up to what he expects you to do with that from day to day. And, and you'll please God. Amen. So in Luke uh, 6, <clears throat> I want to start in. We'll start in verse 27. This is what I call the love discourse. The love discourse. Amen. There's a, a something that, that God is doing with humanity. The reason he set up the blessing system the way he did. And we, we accept the fact because it comes from God. It's more than one person can handle. So whenever you think of yourself being blessed, you must think also in the same thought of being a blessing. You have to include that that it's going to affect somebody else. You must include that it, it is going to be bigger than what you can ask or think. Uh, not for your own consumption, but for a purpose that God sometimes has yet to reveal to us. Uh, we'll find that these things are much bigger, amen, than what we could ever ask or think. So he begins by telling us a new thing about loving people, and that is not love your friends. Don't love just people that that do you good, but love those that hate you, amen. 
So he said, verse 27, I say unto you which here, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And so this is a new um, a new understanding of love because really under the old covenant, if you had enemies that were stealing from you, you could take them to court. You could demand restitution, all of that kind of stuff. But Jesus is saying, if you turn it over to me by loving your enemies, loving those people who who despitefully use you, love those people that hate you, pray for them, uh, pray, pray that they can. Uh, why? Because you have a blessing in you. See, if you go around retaliating, the blessing won't come out. You lock the blessing down. So, amen. So, if you don't operate, and Jesus is saying this really to help us, it's not just all, well, see, they always doing that to me. I always got to forgive everybody. How come I got to do all the forgiving? I got to be the bigger person. Well, you look real big whining about it, you know? What's so big about doing what's necessary? Doing what? Let me tell you something that that God corrected in in the atonement. He corrected the power of hatred and the power of iniquity. Now that had to be dealt with. See, it it had to be dealt with because it's because of iniquity. That the blessing flow in the earth stops. Iniquity can be as simple as. Me listening to the devil for a couple of minutes. And and he convinced me. That Chuck doesn't like me today. You got me. And then when something comes into my hands. I won't even think of blessing Chuck with it. Okay, y'all can be Presbyterian if you want to. I don't really care. And just like that, put the brakes on all of your confessing and all of your giving and all of your this and all of your that. He put the brakes on it with iniquity. So, but suppose iniquity was out of the picture. Then we'd have the free flow of blessing, blessing in, blessing out, doing what we need to do all the time, all the time. Well, love does that. Okay? Love puts the stops on iniquity. And that thing that comes up that keeps you from wanting to do the right thing, as Mr. Spike Lee would say. So Jesus begins his discourse on love. He tells you, love your enemies and do good. The key to blessing is to bless the other person because it doesn't just it's the blessing. The promise is not you're blessed. End of sentence. You're blessed and God will make you bless other people. That's really what he's saying when he says I'll make you a blessing. That means I will make you bless other people and you will be a continual source of good things. Blessing, I will make you a blessing. So your name, your activity in the earth is not just, uh, you know, a secretary or a assistant or a nurse or something like that. But your activity is blessing. Yes. 
See, you are a blessing in the earth because God put you here to be a continual flow of his goodness, his mercy, his love, his provision, everything. Wisdom, you can continually bless people with your words. You can continually bless people with your encouragement and your prayers. You, you blessing, it just flows out of you. The goodness of God, wherever it's needed, will flow continually out of his people. And that's what God's ordained. When, when Satan got a hold of the man and the woman, it put a darkness over everything. It stopped the blessing. When Jesus came to open that door of continual blessing back up to God's people, that brought light, life, hope. All of the things that are goodness was released because he took care of the iniquity problem with this command to love. That's why love is a commandment. It means that if you don't obey that, you don't get anything. Just as plain and simple as that. Now, you're not going to evaporate and die from the face of the earth, but you'll dry up and shrivel pretty good. You'll have some pretty rough roads, you know. I mean, even dogs eat crumbs from the Father's table. But the Lord wants you to sit up there in your place. Your place where you're blessed and you're blessed and you are a blessing to other people. And so God has the key to that and the answer to that. So God demands that we love one another. I mean, everything plugs up until you get that right. This is the primary seed that must be sown in order that we be blessed. And isn't that the one everybody withholds when they don't have what they want? Mad for no reason. Quit talking to people. huh? You know, like that's hurting somebody. See, they're trying to retaliate against themselves when they do that. Because you can fix it. you got all the tools you need to fix whatever's wrong in your life through love. And just let that go. Bless. Tell God you're sorry for acting stupid for, you know, how long it's been. All your life. I don't know. Two days, two minutes, whatever it is. Get yourself back right with him. You understand? Just, just be normal around here. Huh? <laughs> and And if we would just... Do the command, you know, just do what's required. Love is a requirement for life. Huh? It's a requirement for life. God is doing something through this, this this chain of blessing. He's building a kingdom family, a system and a kingdom family. Then this family can mobilize itself as like a transformer. You know, we're a blessing family. We're a caring family. We're a healing family. We're a warrior family. We can do, we can transform ourselves into anything the body needs if we'll obey the love command. Huh? And not, and quit looking at this as as you by yourself you are not by yourself you are not to be blessed just for you. you this isn't about you at all this is about god's plan in creating a spiritual family down here on earth that connects to one another and connects to one another and connects and connects and connects in love amen and we build up one another in love through forgiveness 
cleansing our hearts before God, staying in the place of worship before God, allowing God to change us instead of he got to change everybody. Well, he wouldn't know what to change people into to get along with most of us. Because you don't know who you're going to like from one minute to the next. You don't know what kind of crazy mood you're going to be in from one minute to the next. So the only thing we had to do is obey God and live by love. You have to involve people in your life in order to get a blessing released. You just got to do it. There has to be some flowing out. Reaching out to someone else in order to be blessed. That that seed of love has to be sown. When Jesus commands love, he is beginning a love community. Heaven comes down to earth. If anybody has seen any, I know y'all wasn't old enough to remember nothing. I get tired of being the only one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody out there claiming that they, I don't remember that. <laughs> but during, during the uh, Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s, there was a revival, legitimate revival, that went on. And it started in places like California, of all places, the hellhole. You know, they've driven God out of there now. But during the 70s and the 80s, there was legitimate... Uh, revival that came where a lot of people got born again people began to share their testimonies and just like the devil whenever God is doing something and building a love community and building strong churches that they can teach people how to serve God and all that kind of the devil comes in with a counterfeit he comes in with the hippie culture so the hippies began to sit around with the Jesus people and they come in and smoke their dope and stuff, you know, to pollute the move of God. And so a lot of what the devil sees as the answer is the right answer. It's just the wrong method of going about doing it. Amen. But they got jealous of the love and the freedom that they saw with the Jesus movement people. And they decided to build their counterfeit, which stuck with the world. So now we're stuck with people who are hooked on drugs and like the, you know, openly smoking marijuana and stuff like that. And, and the things that have deteriorated, the enemy loves to come in and hijack these movements. And why do you think he goes through such lengths to hijack something like that? Because it's so powerful. Because it's so powerful. Love is the most potent force on the earth. Think if the the people, the Christian community worldwide could live in a type of harmony where where every need was supplied, like it is in the book of Acts. Every need was supplied. In fact, that seed in the book of Acts is still in the earth today. It's just we don't do much with that seed. See? You don't need to you don't need to start a movement. All you need to do is get in and start obeying God. And, and the community grows, the community thrives, the community flourishes, the community uh, is, is nurtured and fed and helped. All of that stuff happens because we obey God, the love commandment. So love is very powerful. Everybody's trying to buy it, bottle it, keep it for themselves, partake of it, everything. 
And God has released it into his people so that we can release it into the earth. We are the earth's blessing. We are the earth's blessing. Don't ever get it twisted. Amen. Don't ever play cheap what you have inside of you. Ask God to help you to release it more and greater. Don't withhold trying to think you got a better idea than what God has. Don't get stingy on your obedience. Allow God to open your life up in such a way where you obey him even more. When Jesus commands love, he is beginning a love community. So heaven is able to come down to earth through love. Amen. Through love. Ultimately, it's love. Uh, You know, we know we need faith, but it works by love. Uh, Really, faith is an offshoot of love. Love is the biggest seed. And the other fruit of the Spirit grow out from that seed of love. And so, so why love, okay? Love overshadows or covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4. First Peter 4. Lord, Lord, would I lose it? Where is it at in your Bible? Okay, okay, okay. I think I'll find it in a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know where it is. I think. I know it's, it's like behind James, right? First Peter 4. I remember the days I had tabs of my Bible. And then I got important and I... Hid the Bible with the tabs, but I sure wish I had it now. So, First uh, Peter 4, verse 8. It says, above all things, have fervent charity or love among yourselves. Fervent, men. That means intense. That means you do it on purpose. That means you don't withhold it and then release it so that, you know, you can be in control of the situation. You know, he says fervent charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. In other words, you got problems with each other. Well, love each other because it covers a multitude. You know what I'm saying? You can't get away from this. Amen. That word. Amen. That word cover uh, is uh, a strong Greek word. The number is 2572. If you got a little concordance, you can look it up yourself. It actually means to conceal. In other words, if you decide to love somebody, suppose they do you wrong. You forgive them. You decide you're going to love that person. That thing shouldn't bug you anymore. It's concealed. You ever buy that concealer stuff? Now somebody, listen, listen, now listen, y'all girls, I have been, a secret has been revealed to me, which I shall release to you. But somebody, who is Alicia, somebody told me the best concealer makeup is stuff they use for the trans people. How come y'all ain't giving me none of that? Yeah, 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 huh, yeah. So, well, think about it now. The heavier your iniquity, 
the heavier the concealer needs to be. You got me? Amen. So love covers a multitude. We have the greatest concealer. We got better than them trans people do. (laughs) So it conceals it. That means you cannot detect. See, this is how God can build a love community. Because he knows the power of love. If you really know, if you really trust in it and you know how to work with God in these things. He knows the power of it. It conceals it. It means it may be there somewhere. But you are so unaware of it, it makes no difference. In other words, it doesn't hinder your forward progress. It doesn't hinder your obedience. It's just not there. I just don't see it. It's concealed. Amen? You, we can help each other out if when we, we, we uh, talk about things, say problems come up, etc., etc., Find a way a way to get the love covering in there. Find a way in God to get the concealment going down. So that the community stays healthy. We stay strong. We're able to go forward in God. We're able to accomplish everything that he wants us to accomplish. Because love is concealing everything. It also says love hides it. One of the definitions for cover. It means covers over. Like earth covering up a seed. So that if that iniquity is a seed that wants to grow. You cover it over in the dirt of love. So that it can't grow. It snuffs it out. It, it blots it out. It keeps it from, from gaining dominance. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get dominance in a situation. So he can take over. You can think it's worthless. I don't know why I keep doing this. And these people don't care about nothing. And da 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 Yeah. Love. If you make up your mind to love. Say you don't know how. God, I just... Just don't like this. I just can't put this to rest and so forth. Let him know that. Let him know. But be willing to forgive. Don't ever go to God or anybody else until you forgive. Amen. You have to do that. If you'll do that, you'll find that it's easier to feel good, number one, about yourself. That's very important. Your faith has got to work. Your, your, uh, your, your, uh, um, Fruit of the spirit have got to nourish your spirit. You can't be out there with a dry dead spirit because you let it go dead because you can't get a, get to like people. You can love them though. I mean, I like everything they do, but you can love them. Okay? And cover a multitude. Sometimes all the, the bad stuff is coming from us. And we just are so lost in us that we don't even realize you know what? Let me think about it. now. I carry this in every situation I get into. It seems to work out this way. What is going on? Huh? So instead of just binding the devil, maybe talk to God and get him to understand God. How do I, yeah, how do I do this? How do I accomplish this love thing? Amen? Because we all start out novices at it. I mean, we're just doing the best we can. But don't ever get so adamant about your position always be flexible understand you can do some changing too lucy amen you can do some stuff you can you can make this better you need to want to make it better for you for how you feel about you 
So our love covers, it conceals, it veils, and it hides. See, I like the word veil because it's not fake. Huh? When God's love veils something, that means that you want to get at it, but you can't. Huh? <laughs> it's behind them. Yeah. It, the word veil does a lot for you. It doesn't say you're wrong and they're right. Hmm? Which for most people, that's the big thing. Well, look at what they did. I didn't do anything. I promise you. You can't promise me nothing. You can't promise me you'll make it to the corner without cussing. Huh? Uh-uh. See, we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You may not have done it, but you fought it. And if you think it enough, you wind up doing it. So we're all capable of the same kind of nonsense. Conditions being the same, we could all do the same kind of nonsense. Huh? People go, well, people at church, they hurt you. Who you hurting? Why are you talking about God's people like that? That ain't right. There's a lot of people in church that don't hurt people. But that's all we hear. Everybody, it's so easy to pick up the devil's report. It's so easy to repeat things, especially if your heart is in a negative knot. You got me? Or your soul, you don't know how to get your soul free of condemnation, thinking the worst, always thinking the worst, fearful thoughts. Yeah. Huh? And so if, if we don't own this kind of stuff, if we don't step into that place of forgiveness and allowing the veil, huh? Now, you know, there's a false definition of love, too, people get into. They just try to make nice to people. You got me? There's no veil. There's no covering. There. The, what, what happens with that is most people play that game, don't forgive. They don't know how to habitually forgive people. I was listening. I may have told you this before, but I think it's appropriate here. Uh, everybody knows Bill Withers. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send the news. If it feels this good, get used. Just keep on using me to use me up. Dun, 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 dun. Where you at, Sheree? Chuck, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, Chuck, you were not helping me either. She's used to. Now you see, now Chuck back there knocking ten years off her age every time I open my mouth. See what I'm talking about? I don't do you right. Yeah, still Bill. But uh, Bill Withers uh, was a Grammy Award winner. We know him as the entertainer. He wrote many songs and, and all of that kind of stuff. He's very, very popular, like maybe in the 70s, 80s, around uh, those years. And uh, then kind of went underground into obscurity. But he said before he began singing, he was a stutterer. And he went to, when I saw him on his documentary, he was going to receive an award at the Stutterers Convention. I guess they have an organization to help people who stutter. 
And as he was talking to them, he said, yeah, he said, I've been through all of the things that we all go through. And he listed some things like people slapping you on the back and saying, spit it out and get it out and people being frustrated with you. He said, and I realized something. He said, I told myself, he says, you've got to have resident forgiveness in you for everybody who would offend you about stuttering, he said, or you will never get any better. See, voice of God talk. And one day the stuttering cleared up. He hasn't stuttered since then. But he still identifies with his group that he used to belong to, and he tries to help people through that. But then I thought about it. I said, we have that as Christians. See, there's no reason for the earth to be in the shape it's in if we use our resident forgiveness that's in us. People don't have to earn to be forgiven. And that's what he said. He said, don't wait for an apology from people because it may not come. He said, don't wait for them to want to respect you because it may not come. But if you will keep inside of you, I must forgive this person even before I meet them. Amen. And and so that is a way, the way of overcoming everything. Instead of pretending like we like people or pretending like we love them and then something happens, we blow up on them. Amen. See, God will expose our hypocrisy every single time. So love overshadows, covers iniquity and sin. That's what happened when we got saved. All that stuff you did wrong, it's, it, it can act up if God didn't cover that. You got me? The Holy Spirit is your love covering. He helps you to stay functional in God's kingdom and stay beside God at all times. So it's very essential that we understand love. That we understand how to walk in that realm of peace between us and God. Don't let a disturbance come in there and, and disturb your perfect place in God. You, you have to guard that. You really do. And so if we'll, we'll walk like that and walk in love, uh, that same veil that covers people when they do wrong covers you when you do wrong. You got me? In fact, that veil is keeping you from doing more wrong most of the time. We don't really understand it. So we have to respect that about God's law. But trust me, he has a motive behind what he's doing. He's building a very strong army of people that worldwide understand the spirit of God. See, when you talk spirit language... You got friends everywhere. You got me. You can, and you know, I know y'all have been there when we traveled a lot more than we do now. You could go to anybody's meeting anywhere and find fellowship with people. Why? Because we all talk spirit language. Now we may not all have the same denomination. If you don't, if you let love cover that, that they don't pray in tongues and you do, and you all, all that. Uh, you can find a common ground with most people. You can find a meeting place and a place in agreement with them where you can fellowship with them and you can bless them. They can bless you. You can be a blessing. You can take something home to store for later. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's amazing all of the things that can happen to one person that obeys God and stays in that blessing blessing mode and in the blessing cycle and and give out a blessing so that you can be a blessing 
receive a blessing, give another blessing out, that kind of stuff, and let the overflow continue between believers. Amen? So the love covering also is the presence of God many times to cover our conversations. Sometimes God will guide your your conversation with a person, direct it in a certain direction so that it is able to to uh, really minister and really help people. Uh, I'm finding more and more if we use technology uh, to God's advantage, we can uh, help more people. We can impart to people. We can see to it that people grow in the things of God, that they have more uh, uh, of God than they had before we came into contact with them. You got me? And so understand what you have. In you, what you have at your disposal, resources this ministry has, all of the things that will help you uh, understand what God has put at your disposal to make a difference, a spiritual difference with people. And you can make one. I tell you, I give away more pillows and prayer cloths on Facebook than there's preachers on there begging for prayer. And I'm thinking... You know, this is odd for me. It just is. I just believe preachers need to teach their people to pray, and you've got people to pray for you. You understand? If you need something else, keep a good relationship with God. He'll bring the right people into your life. But you shouldn't be on Facebook begging people to pray for you because you're sick. That ain't right. You need to have some kind of Christian family that cares about you, and you care about them. Sometimes that's where the holdup is. You haven't sown enough. So love covers a multitude. When I say multitude, I mean a whole bunch. In other words, nobody's so bad that you can't love them. Nobody's so bad you can't forgive. Nobody's so bad that they won't get saved. Nobody's so bad that they won't change. Maybe you ought to change and just keep changing and forget about them. You understand? They ain't your business. Got me? If we choose love, we'll find that sin is forgiven. That's the first thing love... The love of God will hit you in the face with such a reality of that. That's the first thing that hits you when you decide to walk in love. Is that I got no business being here. I've done nothing to earn getting here. But I'm here. You got me? That, that hits you square in your face. It's the unmerited favor of God. It's just God, I just happened to stumble into this place. You got me? Because most of us did that. When I when I got saved, I was looking for help. I wasn't looking for uh, a ministry. I wasn't looking for great. I wasn't looking. For, I just was looking to not kill myself in the next few minutes. You understand? It's living minute by minute by minute by minute by minute. And so once you once you start getting hit with the things that are available to you, then God invites you in so that you can partake of those things. You can receive more. You can get as much of God as you desire for the purpose of helping him build his Christian community, bringing heaven down here on earth and blessing many people through the fact that you are blessed. So we find that sin is forgiven if we choose love. In other words, if someone offends you in the flesh, there is a disturbance 
there's upset and there's a desire for vengeance all of those things I'm going to tell them you just wait you know and you you go perch in the bushes and wait till they come by so you can pounce huh you, you might be 80 years old in the nursing home. Let me take my teeth out and get you. I'll gum you to death. You know what I'm saying? Some people just, hey, wait a minute. From kindergarten, you're still mad at people. You know what I'm saying? In the flesh, there's disturbance. And see what happens if we don't forgive, we nurse those. Because them, them devils be wanting to leave you. They get sick of the saints sometimes. Don't you think so? And you still holding on to them. I can't let this go. It's the last draw, you know, whatever. So if we choose love, not pretense, but choose love, we find that the offense and the sin are hidden, obscured, and not real. You ever get mad and God just grabbed you and you can't remember what you got mad about? Can't find the thought no more. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I was about to get worked up about something. Where is my something to get worked up about? Huh? Not there. Huh? Well, love covered it. Sometimes God will just slap you real good. Huh? I know. This is rough. God wants to prove to us that love is more powerful than sin, wrong, iniquity, and offense. All of them. And whatever else you think is more powerful than love, God is going to prove to you. You know, when we refuse to forgive, we keep telling God he's wrong. I didn't say nothing to God. You ain't obeying him. Huh? So what happens? Well, he has to prove to you that he's right. How's he do that? I don't know why I keep going through this with this person. (laughs) That's how he proves it. (laughs) You want to go to the mat with God? I don't think so. You get the kingdom do-over. You keep working with that thing and working with that thing and working with that thing and working with that thing. Amen. See, we don't like that. See, uh-huh. God is love. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. You're right, but you ain't. And He's trying to work His goodness into you, huh? So you get the royal do-over, huh? As long as you want to hold on to that hurt, He's gonna let somebody hit on it again to remind you you ain't took care of it yet. It's about taking care of stuff. I wasn't even in a church. I was depressed and angry all the time. And I couldn't couldn't understand why these things happened to me. See, when you start playing the victim, you don't even think like a normal person. You know? I did everything right. I don't know why I got dumped. Or almost got dumped. Or almost getting dumped. You, know, you don't know where you are. And and I remember reading in the scripture about the servant. Remember the guy that owed the guy a lot of money and he forgave him? Then he found a servant that owed him a little bit. And I read that and it was like it was pointing to me. 
as the guy who refused to forgive the small debt when God had give, forgiven me this big. See, whatever you have that's so big that you think somebody else has done to you, yours is bigger. Because then you got to add to yours unforgiveness. You got to add to yours judgment. You got to add to yours, I'm better than they are. So I get to condemn them. I don't do anything wrong. Huh? Absolutely. So he's got to convince us that love's greater. That's why we keep going through the same things over and over. Once I saw that, I said, God, you couldn't, this couldn't pertain to me because I had a nervous breakdown. He said, that's why. He said, I'm teaching you how to love. I'm teaching you how to forgive. So you can be some use to me. I got stuff for you to do. I ain't got time for you to sit here and stew about who did what and it ain't right. He said, now you can win this argument. He said, but you're going to lose everything else. You know I mean? So he wants to prove to us that love is more powerful. He has to prove that to everybody. Than sin, wrong, iniquity, and offense. The carnal man tries to love. The spirit man does it. See, if we're, we're trying something and it's not working, it's because the flesh is involved. You gotta let your spirit man take over. If you don't know how to do that, you need to ask God. Help me. Love always involves interaction with God. You've got to get God involved in order to love. You can't make up your mind what you're going to do for somebody and that's gotta work. Because I'm doing my best. It's not good enough. So God is love, and he must instruct us in how to demonstrate his love to others. This is where obedience is better than sacrifice. The average person in their flesh, when, they, when somebody offends them, they want to think of something big, dramatic to do to show them that they're the bigger person. Well, uh, to obey is better than sacrifice. You, got me? you can't make the right sacrifice to cover somebody's sin or yours. So just humble yourself to God. Find out what he wants you to do. He must instruct us. In how to demonstrate his love to others. This is where obedience is better than sacrifice. The flesh wants to do something. To prove that it's a good person. Hmm? So you got to let your flesh go. Quit trying to prove. See, you're trying to prove something to yourself that the devil's put you in doubt of because you don't forgive. That's all you're doing. You're just having a, a playground in your mind, letting the devil rent free space up there and mess your head up. Telling you this is wrong, that's wrong, that person's wrong, this wrong. Hey, accusing the brethren huh? all day long, day and night. Wasting time. The spirit man really wants peace. He wants done with the whole argument. You got me? He wants peace. He said, I don't care what your flesh does. Just leave me alone. Leave me out of it. Shut up. Go to bed up there. Put the toys away and go to sleep. Huh? Peace comes when we do it God's way. And until you get peace, you ain't done yet. 
Romans 14:19 says, "Follow after peace." Amen. Let me read that one. Romans 14 and 19. Let us therefore, well, therefore, we got to see what we're there for, right? <laughs> Verse 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteems anything to be unclean, to him it's unclean. In other words, all in all, how you view it. It's, it's, see, this is where people who are, are First Amendment people, real hard on it, this is where they take issue with it. Because biblically speaking, if a man's conscience tells him something is wrong, for him it's wrong. Now, you may not think it's wrong, but you can't push somebody beyond their conscience. See, This is what Paul is saying here. He says, but if your brother be grieved with your meat and, and, and you walk and, and now walk charitably, don't destroy him with your liberty. In other words, it's like this. Some people think it's okay for Christians to drink. I've been invited to communion where they, the wine was real wine. They say, oh yeah, we, we keep real wine. Now if anybody doesn't want that, and I said, me, because y'all will have one drunk preacher here talking all afternoon this started out as a prayer meeting it might be something else you give me some of that real stuff you know but i didn't make a big deal about them drinking it let them have it you understand what i'm saying if their consciences don't disturb them but i know it is not for me amen he says if your brother be grieved with your meat don't do it let let not then your good be evil spoken of, all right? So it's okay for you, but don't push it because it'll get evil if you keep pushing it on other people. Like vegetarians, you know, they think everybody else and they smoke dope and fornicate and do everything else, but they turn their nose up at you if you eat a piece of meat. So, amen. And so, you you know, just don't do it. He said, don't let you, if it's good for you, don't let it be spoken evil of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. He said, it's, it's irrelevant. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of all men. He said, let us therefore follow after peace. Quit arguing about what you eat and what you don't eat. Quit arguing about what you drink and don't drink. Quit arguing about somebody's got to spend their money on this and you don't spend your money on that. Quit arguing about it. So let, let's have peace above all things. So this is what we're instructed to follow after. And we're to follow after peace and not trying to prove how good we are all the time. It's a little hard to make the transition sometimes because we have habitual ways of interacting with people. So if, if, you, if you are trying to break the habit of, of doing it yourself, proving, you know, falling into condemnation and People, you know, feeling people are whispering about you, talking about you, don't like you, all that kind of stuff. Just ask God to help you because it's going to take some time for you to break the habit, the mental habit, 
the the habit that affects your behavior all of it's going to take some time for you to break that habit so give yourself some time to get this straightened out before the lord because trust me it's worth it you'll have more peace the peace of god is so much more important than you finding out who likes you don't like you if they said something behind your back and all this kind of nonsense just stop it you know stop it it's just a waste of your time you're wasting your blessing. You're wasting the resources that are inside of you that God wants to release through love. And you plan into the devil's hands. He's just a mind game he plays with believers. Makes us think it's so important that people toe the line. You don't even know what the line is. You didn't draw the line. God drew the line ages ago before you got here. Now you're an expert on everybody else's what they got to do. Release of our blessing depends on us doing everything God's way. The Bible says do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do. Thought, word, or deed. Do it knowing that you're seeking God's approval in what you do. There are things God knows that we don't. What is it that he knows that we don't? He knows what the other person involved in your blessing cycle desires and needs. And knows the part you have to play. Amen. So you play a part in that blessing cycle. And only God knows what they need. And he will make sure that that need is met. And he'll make sure that you're on time with it. Amen. Make sure that you're on time with it. There is a seed that we must release into another person's life in order to please God. And you've got to release that particular seed, no matter what that seed is. Amen. It's a word, a deed, or an action, but they all are expressions of love. And it has a message. See, the things that we do, if we do in the love of God, there's a message communicated on that action that tells them something about not you and not themselves, but about God. Then the focus becomes him and how that came into that person's life. How that blessing came about. How all of that stuff uh, happened, happens because we wait in obedience to God. Amen. There are people that I always, you know, people will say things to me sometimes. Ministers will say, well, you know, um, you know, I hadn't heard of your ministry. You have a, this ministry and a, that ministry and all that kind of stuff. You know, you receive it. But you know what? I know what they're thinking. If if you're anointed, why don't, why haven't we heard about you like we hear about other people? You got me? Because people live on, they live on a level, such a crazy level of 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 information and understanding and identification and all this kind of stuff that they don't even listen to their own spirit and what God tells them about people. But you know what? I thank God for the fact that people like uh, uh, what's Raul knows who we are. You got me? They get the message. So the people that we are called to get the message, the people that we are not called to will never understand what we're doing. Amen? You know, they'll say something, well, well, you should advertise your ministry and, you know, people will book you and all this kind of stuff. You know, I got shoes older than you. You understand what I'm saying? 
I like doing it the way. See, if I get out there and try to promote myself, that's why my name is not on this ministry. You got me? I did it the way God told me to do it, still do it. You know, there are times when I think, well, God, I could do more and I could be doing this and doing that. But I'd rather wait for him to open the door or speak to me. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows how to tell other people who you are and where you are. So a lot of this stuff that we do, it pumps flesh into what you're doing. It'll get you missing where God wants you to be. It'll exhaust you in the meantime, and then you have nothing to offer to people that that God has has made you a shepherd over. You understand what I'm saying? And so you have to be careful with these quote-unquote things and promotions and got to get out there more. You know, come on now. I ain't that... You know what I'm saying. You ain't that hot. You got to be out there all the time. It's other people God calls to. So God knows what the other person desires and needs and knows the part you must play. There is a seed we must release into another person's life in order to please God. So it's about pleasing God. It's not about getting some reaction that you think you want to get. Amen. Word, deed, and action, all are expressions of love. God may move you to give time, money, provision, attention. He is creating a family and allowing us to find kingdom, his kingdom way of life. It's found through love. You do that and you won't miss anything that God has. You won't miss the blessing. I was ministering to a, a young woman. She kept me tied up for like two straight days. You understand what I'm saying? Just back and forth. And 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 see, I've grown to understand that there's some things that you have to stay committed to until God releases you. See, there are certain times in your maturity. That you can't do things like that. You don't have the patience for it. So he won't give those assignments to you. But if you allow him to mature you into understanding. Number one, you've got to see some light at the end of the tunnel. You can't get bowed up in people's everything that they do. You understand what I'm saying? Um, You've got to have a vision in God for that thing being resolved to the glory of God. You can't see it overwhelming. If it's overwhelmed you, you need to get out from under it as soon as possible. You understand what I'm saying? And and just ask God to help you to bless this person. You don't know. You can't figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are many people that you will be able to help because God has trained you and taught you how to work certain things, you know, spiritually speaking or concerned. And so always understand that God wants you to pour love into the lives of other people, but there's a limit to what everybody can do. We are a body. No one person does it all. No one person does it better than anybody. We all do what is called our part. Amen. One part is not greater or more definitive than the next part. 
there's some things that people like when people come to our healing meetings I just feel like that was the time for the release of that thing if they get healed if they don't get healed don't tell me about it you didn't pay to get in here don't complain you know no, you know what I'm saying but but you know what I'm saying and so there's a limit to what we can see our responsibility is in these things God will use it well the blessing is this way God will use another person to give to you to complete the cycle of giving and receiving so there's a cycle of giving and receiving it doesn't end when you give Luke 638 that's the, the second part of our Luke I had started in the love aspect of it Verse 30, give to every man that asks of you. Don't turn anybody down. And of him that takes away your goods, don't ask for them back again. It's somebody I know. See? And is we so possessive about. You know what I believe? I think if it's something that that's, that's that dear to you, don't let it go. You know, if you know losing it is going to cause you some harm and get you into strife, don't let it go. Uh, you can't reprimand people for damage, mistakes, and all. You'll fall out with people so quick, and the devil will keep you doing that over and over and over again. So, he says, And as you would that men would do to you, do so also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what what have you done? I mean, that's easy. Sinners can do that. And if you do good only to them which do good to you. And worse than that, if you're waiting on somebody to do good to you before you do something, you're worse than a sinner. You got me? Because sinners at least will will schmooze you a little bit. You know, they they know how to butter each other up and get what they want. And, and they'll work with the ones that they know they can work with. It says, and if you lend to them... In in hoping to receive, what thanks do you have? For sinners also do that and receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good. Lend. Hoping for nothing again. And your reward will be great. And you will be the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. So God is kind to people regardless of their attitude. Huh? And we let attitudes stop us most of the time. Amen. So God is saying I've got a higher level for you to live at and that's the blessing level. He said when you live on the blessing level that makes you a giver like your father. That makes you generous like your father. That makes you extravagant like your father. That makes you uh, wise like your father. And that makes you a a conduit for greater blessings. That gives you a capacity, a greater capacity for blessing and for being blessed. Some people have a great capacity for blessing. Why? Because it flows freely in and out of their lives. They don't hold on to anything or fall in love with anything or, you know, anything like that. There are some things they might appreciate more than others. But it... You miss the whole point if you think 
it stops with just coming into your hand and you don't need to take it any farther. Amen. So the blessing really is a flowing, a fluid thing. It comes into your life. It goes out of your life. It may park in your garage for years. But it's eventually going to go out and bless somebody else. It may be in your closet for a season. But it will go out and flow out and bless somebody else. A blessing, the word of, of blessing will come into your spirit to be nurtured and, and held and prosper in you. And then it flows out and blesses somebody else. So this is why we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. That's the blessed part of it isn't the biggest part. Because if you look at it. The biggest part is the, the fact that you can be a blessing. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because when you're giving out, you know you're assured of more coming back in. Amen? Until you give out, you don't, you don't really have, you don't have a certainty on getting something back. You know, you, you may lingua, uh, languish in uncertainty about what's coming in. But if you give out, and you look for ways to give. Look for Sometimes things sitting around my house kind of bug me. I think, Lord, you know, I got so much stuff here. Why don't I do a garage sale or a giveaway or goodwill? Huh? There's always goodwill. And so that, that's a giving thing. Amen? Shock you, the people that are, are so poor they can't afford anything new. They shop there all the time. And so, uh, and then some people just, you know, prefer to look for bargains. They got money, but they got to go there and check first. So, so it can be a blessing all the way around. So allow God to do this, uh, to whomever He desires or however He desires, but know that your blessing will most often come with skin on. Amen? Your blessing, because God is testing you. To see if you'll be faithful in the blessing cycle. Amen. He says give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down shaken together and running over. Shall men give. That's skin on. Your blessing will come with skin on. Amen. Now listen let me tell you where people Christians kind of get themselves a little messed up at. Well God I get so tired. I want to have my own money to buy what I want. Huh? Everybody been there? I don't like every time I try to get something, somebody's coming up to me giving me something second hand. I want new stuff. You won't get it. If you hate the fact that your blessing comes with skin on, huh? you're already disqualified. That's right. Because if you're going to love people, You've got to learn how to humble yourself to them and receive graciously what they offer you. I had to build a pole barn because people gave us a lot of stuff as a ministry. You know, they, they, and their hearts are right. You can see they think they're blessing you and then you got a lot of junk in there. You know, stuff you can't use. It's dirty. It's got to be cleaned. It's disrepaired. You've got to fix it up. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But you must, because you're in the kingdom blessing cycle, you have to receive because it's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. You're just a steward of the things that God has. And he is watching every time to see what we do when we're engaged in the blessing cycle. To see if we'll be faithful so he can trust us with more. 
See, if we start balking at the level we're at, what's going to happen when he has to do greater things through us? And we're stuck there because we can't believe him for anything greater because we've never been faithful at the level that he's given us. So this is a cycle you can't break. Don't stop it for lack of forgiveness. Don't stop it for lack of love. Don't stop it for lack of humility, for lack of appreciation, for lack of understanding. Don't stop the blessing cycle. Sometimes we have to give sacrificially. you got to release something that you might love a lot. And you got to let it go just so you can get the greater to come in. And get to the next level. where Because you are not promised where that level is, when it's going to come, and what it's going to be. But you're in the kingdom. You're in the blessing cycle. That blessing is not yours. It was placed on you. It's conferred on your life. So it actually is God's property, but you are the steward and you are the owner of it and you've got to keep it in God's kingdom so this cycle can be completed. I, I was talking to Paul over at the uh, Armenian St. John's Center. Do I got two minutes? Uh, and, and I talked to Paul and I was telling him, he was says, everything good with the way we do things and so forth. And I said, it's excellent. And so we talked about our friend Sylvia who helps us. She cleans up that whole kitchen after we'd have made a big mess and uh, and helps serve and everything. And I said, yeah, we enjoy uh, Sylvia, all that. And uh, he said, I said, you know, I said, we were at hotels for the longest time. I said, I'd rather give my money to God's people. He said, that's fine. He said, but we got to live up to it, too. You got me? He said, and I want to make sure that we're living up to our end. And so in other words, what he's saying, don't give me charity. (laughs) I work for what I get. But but he understood what I mean. My heart is to bless God's people. You know, if things get really rough, you don't want to see that side of us. But, you know, we know how to work with people. We know how to, you know, gradually get our stuff straightened out, be a blessing as well. You know, we could have come in demanding new carpet the first time we were there, but we didn't do that. Amen. So it's just good to, to understand where we're at, folks, and how much God depends on us. To bless, amen, be a blessing, bless, be a blessing, amen. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence and understand your heart about what we're here for, Lord. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people in so many ways. And we love you and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, we can hold each other up, so (laughs) praise God. Whatever.